Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. I'm your host, Christoph Katzbeck, joined along with co-host Jeffrey Clossy. Hi, Jeff. Hey, good morning, Christoph. Top of the morning to you. Top, a top of the morning to you as well. Although, I will say the morning is... The, it, does that mean like at sunrise, top of the morning? I have no idea. Comes from? That, is that called a colloquialism? Collo- colloquial? Yeah, it's like... Is that uh, the right, right term for that? Uh, yeah. Leprechaunese. Leprechaunese. <laughs> Uh, but does that mean like the like when the sun rises? Because I will tell you, I am an early riser, and the sun started rising this morning, probably around like a little after five. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it is. It is up a lot earlier, which is amazing. Because the first thing I do in the morning is take out our two Labradors. Yeah, yeah. And I haven't needed any lights, which is awesome. There's a, there's enough that's, sun. Oh, it's fantastic. That, yeah, it's great. Did you happen to get out there? I guess two nights ago, the the Northern Lights were out again. No, in pretty spectacular fashion. What? Yeah. I need to like get the memo on that because I would love to know see it. it. No, you I didn't. didn't. Oh, see, I'm. Here. Did you see it? Well, I saw I saw pictures of it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I have I have I have yet to actually see the Northern Lights. I would love to too. I want so yeah. is this stuff being like printed somewhere this information? I have no idea. Huh. I feel like there's a secret club of people who know when the northern lights are coming out and they just all text each other and they're like, "Okay, in the morning we're going to post them all on Facebook and make everybody feel bad that they didn't text." Because I woke up and there was like everyone stayed up late to go see the northern lights and here I was like, "Oh, cool. All right." Well, that's if you're listening fun. and you're an astronomer, please let Christoph and I know when that's going to happen again because we would like to see it, not in a picture, but like with our own eyes. Yeah, it was there some of the pictures were like stunning, but apparently, and I didn't know this, apparently you have to take a picture. Like there there's something, I don't know what it is and I could be totally wrong on this. So somebody could correct me if I'm wrong, but you actually, it's it's the opposite of like when you are at fireworks and you try to snap a picture of a firework and it all, it never looks as impressive in person. It's the opposite way with the Northern Lights. Like mm. you, you take a picture and then you're actually able to see them more so than you, you necessarily can with the naked eye. Oh, interesting. So. Huh. That's really cool. Yeah, that'd be fun to see. Yeah. So anyways, uh, it's it's you and I this morning. Yeah, this is exciting. Yeah. We don't get to do this all the time, but I love when we do. This is the, uh, whenever... Uh, Jay has to step out to go do seminary stuff. You and I get to fill in, and it's fun. It's even more fun when it's one of Jay's sermons that we get a chance to talk about. Because normally the idea is whoever preached the sermon on Sunday morning, uh, you get a chance to kind of hear their heart behind it, what they didn't get to unpack, stuff like that. And this morning we get to kind of talk about uh, what what stirred in our hearts as Jay preached, and I think that's a pretty unique thing to do. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, so Jay started a two-week little mini series here on the Lord's Prayer, and I'll finish the second part of it this next Sunday. Um, but it was a really good start yeah. to this really important prayer. Yeah, so we're going we're going through the Sermon on the Mount, which is always interesting to think perspective-wise. This is like in the middle of this already sermon that's going on, and then boom, just this big prayer. And if you've grown up in this area, I mean, this is just one of those everyone kind of knows it passages um I, I know friends that aren't even christian and they they know this passage because it's it's so well known um yet it's always spectacularly relevant for us in in a lot of really interesting ways so yeah so we're doing this this two-week series and so we started off um in the beginning and jay actually um talked about pretty early on something we don't practice often at least culturally for our our protestant culture is the re- repeating of prayers, right? If you can go to, um, say, a Catholic or a Lutheran church, and you'll walk in and they'll do re- repeated prayers, they'll probably do the Our Father. 
Um, it's not one that we necessarily do often, and that's that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, and I, I think there's it's an interesting dynamic. Jay, at one point, if you were there on Sunday, you would have remembered he he had people raise their hands if they grew up or were accustomed in church to saying the Lord's Prayer. And and actually, I would say, from where I was looking at least, it looked like the majority of the room had that experience growing up. And it's it's interesting how the familiarity with the prayer um, can be super helpful and really important, but it also can be sort of an enemy to, I think, a deeper abiding in it. Um, but yeah, in our stream, the, the stream that we find ourselves in here at Faith Church, it isn't typical that you would be saying it on a Sunday. And I do think we do miss out from that. Now, part of what, what the what we're trying to accomplish, I think, you know, in our background is making um, our worship heartfelt, making it um, coming from within us. And that's a beautiful thing to aim for. Um, but like Jay mentioned on Sunday, we do actually use our hearts in worship when we sing songs that are pre-written. And so part of it is just learning to use that muscle, the, the heart muscle, um, with someone else's words in prayer. So how would you encourage somebody who maybe is approaching the Our Father? So before we even start this, this, this passage, the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, um, how would you encourage someone who maybe that has been their experience is kind of, I think the word that I've, I've heard and even I've, I felt was just droning, right? You just kind of, you just kind of, it's a thing you say, you kind of get through, everyone kind of mumbles it together and you, you get through it. How do we get past that and get into a, we can repeat the words that our Savior said in, in prayer in a way that is, uh, that does pull on our hearts, that does um, affect us? Yeah, I mean, for me, what helps a lot is just slowing down. So, you know, even even a brief, even if it's not the phrase itself, but say, say for example, our Father in heaven, and just pause. Mm. And then hallowed be your name and pause like give yourself time for your for your mind to catch up because it's true because it's so familiar you can actually pray through it and then and then think did i actually pray for my daily bread because i don't remember doing that because it can be like you're on autopilot so i do think for me one of the ways that that has been the most helpful is just to be intentional about slowing down slowing down the rate and then slowing down how quickly you need to get through the prayer itself. Um, well, I think listening, right? Yep. We, we miss that portion of prayer frequently and slowing down kind of helps you to do that. If you are praying slowly with, with an intentional pause and not just like a, your mind wanders and then, Oh, you're, you're coming back. But an intentional pause of just, just sitting on that for a moment, listening, moving on. Maybe you don't hear anything. Maybe nothing is, 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 is pulled on or maybe, got to unpack something with that in that moment. So I think listening, pausing, um, listening, active listening, and then, yeah, continuing on, I think is, is really beautiful. So, I mean, let's do that. I guess this morning is a really good opportunity. That's, that's kind of what we did this past week is Jay really kind of talked about those first two parts or the first kind of two verses of the, the Lord's Prayer. So let's let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So our our Father in heaven. <laughs> you gave me. I'm sorry. You gave me. A, no. Me a, all right. Yes. At first, I thought you wanted to pray it the way you said that. I said, well, we can definitely do that, but um, we should decide if we're using the word trespass, sin, or debts. Oh my goodness. Because that's we, the only part time. of the prayer that you know, depending on depending on what translation or background you're from, you think and you say it in different ways. Even if it's printed on the screen in a different way, it's just so reflexive. 
that it's hard to change that word. We 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 pray we pray. I, I shared this with you a couple of weeks ago that we pray the Lord's prayer before bed, um, not every night, but a handful of times a week at least. And and Sarah and I will still say different. I will say trespasses. She will say sins. And <laughs> my daughters are looking at us like, what is going on right now? Like, okay, yeah. okay, all right, yeah. So yeah, that's funny you said that because I can. Uh, I experienced that. Most of the rest of it is pretty consistent for yeah. the most part. But yeah, that part. But yeah, so Jay, I mean, he basically kicked off with like the first two phrases of that prayer. Mm-hmm. And the 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 first point that he made that I thought was super helpful is when it says our father in heaven, it's not just a formality. And it's a really important basically readjustment mm. that we each need to make remembering who he is. And it's not, uh, this was this was important too. We don't say those words because then he'll hear us. As if if you didn't say that formal part that might feel formal. Yeah, you might he, not catch his, catch his attention or yeah. something. Yeah. So it'd be like if someone said, you know, to you, you know, Christoph, Elder Christoph or something, uh, oh or Pastor Christoph, like they're not going to get a bigger hearing from you. Um, but it could be helpful to remember your position. Sure. Um, and, and all the more important for us with God is to remember who he is. And I made that point, actually. It's it's so cool. Obviously, this is one big sermon that we keep pausing on, uh, this the Sermon on the Mount. But in the Sermon on Worry, it really struck me as well there that the, the picture of a father with kids is how we go to him when we're worried, just like kids do with their parents. They run to them, you know, yeah. and they share with them what's going on. And this is the way that Jesus taught his disciples and then us in turn to address God as father, as far as I know, is unique. I'm not sure that that is a common thing throughout world religions and especially would not have been the norm before Jesus gave us this prayer and this this sermon. Yeah, I love that idea of adjustment. And I think it's something I struggled with for a long time when it comes to prayer because I th- it's very easy to hop into the you go into prayer with just needs and and to actually pause like if you read through scripture God has so many titles that people are giving to him and he has he has so many um yeah he he has so many titles you know and and I think for us to like you were saying pause and to just reflect on who we are actually going before what he has actually provided um and that and that looks different to so many different people in the different ways that he has provided and and you know been there for you um i think that that is that is awesome that read that readjustment and i i love that i that is something i think we miss way too often when we pray and, and maybe maybe it's, there's also a hesitancy of not wanting to be not feel show offy with flowery language or, or or whatever because you're you're sometimes using language you don't necessarily often use, but it causes you to think of how God has impacted you, what God has done in your life, who who God is to you, and allows you to kind of readjust this. I love that. I love that that framing. And you know, we talk a lot in our church family about the centrality of the gospel, right? And needing to hear the gospel and have a life that is shaped around that good news of Jesus and his kingdom. And you you can't actually pray our Father in heaven in the way Jesus intends it without also remembering the gospel because it's about adoption. It's not just about 
that God was the, he fathered us all, like he created us. That's part of it, right? But actually it's primarily about adoption, that we are now sons and daughters with this loving father, which is gospel, right? Which is Jesus's work to redeem us and God the father's desire to have us as his own. So it's it's interesting how much is in the, the our father in heaven. There there's a lot there. And for me as as I've prayed this prayer and pray with our kids, that's what's going on. I'm also remembering, man, I've been cleansed, I've been healed, I have been made new and I belong to him now. Like all of those things are happening with that simple phrase. And I think that's what Jesus intended. He it, this is like a reset or like a recalibration so that we know, okay, this is where I, this is where I am. This is who I am. And this is who God is right now. Yeah. I, one, one other thing on that, that we can continue moving on. Just, I always think about, I have a story connected with, with this passage of when I was a new ish believer. Um, and I sat down with my youth pastor at the time and we had a, we had a conversation about this exact passage and I remember he he used to love to kind of press in on on things. And he asked me, he said, "Why why our father? What if somebody had a really bad relationship with their father? And hearing the word father just caused them to think of this angry person who lashed out at them and was was abusive towards them. Could we pray our? And they you know the, it's it's funny the how vivid this memory is for me because I don't necessarily have a fantastic memory, but. He said, our, our math teacher, maybe you had a math teacher who like really embodied a lot of the characteristics of who God is. You say, our math teacher who are in heaven. Um, and I remember that conversation. We talked for hours about that. And I think what is really neat about that is that for the person who may have had that relationship, may have had a poor relationship with a father, that, that family idea is that it readjusts us again back to what that relationship actually looks like. So that we're not saying our math teacher who are in heaven because he truly is our father. He is the perfect model of what our father uh, looks like. And it reminds us for those of us who have maybe had a rocky relationship with the father, that we do have a good and loving and gracious and kind father who uh, it's not just a creation title. It is a um, is a is a family adoption heirs like you are co-heirs in the kingdom because he is your father and that's beautiful like that is that is awesome so I don't I don't know I know that there might be some people who read this and that's difficult they read that and they go that's difficult can I just substitute something else in it and I would just challenge you and say you could or you could allow God to maybe redefine what that looks like and maybe allow God to redefine what a family looks like and what a father should look like. And I, I think that that is awesome. Again, just the power of praying that, right? Yeah, and it's interesting too that it gets us out of the mode of prayer is primarily me just asking for things. That's a lot of what it is, right? It is a lot of me asking right. for things. But our Father in Heaven is us interacting with a living person. That is a, you, you don't, Jay made this point on Sunday that you don't usually jump into the request. Like when he comes in the office and he asks Leslie for something and Leslie slows him down and says, good morning, Jay. <laughs> good morning, Leslie. Yeah. You know, that that isn't actually required. But when we realize we're interacting with people like, like Leslie, for example, of course we would say hello and, and say, how are you? Those kinds of things. Um, and it helps us remember God is personal in that way. He is someone we interact with and have companionship with. So we, it's not just a list of requests that we want him to accomplish, like a genie, you know, right. a bottle or something. Right. So this next part, 
is something that we've actually been talking a lot about, but not explicitly talking about. So um, a lot of Matthew chapter 6 talks about the kingdom, right? Um, but I don't think we've necessarily given a specific sermon just about the kingdom of God um, because so much of this, just this chapter and so much of Jesus' ministry talks about it. But in this prayer, he tells us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like, what, what does it mean to to pray that, your your kingdom come? Yeah, I'd love to hear what your thoughts too. I mean, for me, I have wrestled with that, you know, and Jay highlighted it on Sunday when he, he talked about some, there are some people who think that that is not talking about right now, but I disagree with that. And Jay mm-hmm. said that too. We disagree with that interpretation. We think it did. This is now. And I think the key part in there is on earth as in heaven. That phrase to me b- draws out what Jesus is getting at. So think about in heaven and just think about God's will being done there. It's, it's difficult and impossible to imagine heaven, which is God's space, anything ever happening that is not in accordance with his will and his desires, his preferences, right? Right. And which means all of his, you know, his law that we know is a description of that, of what that looks like, right? Um, and what Jesus is laying out in the Sermon on the Mount is a description of what that looks like. So if in heaven his will is always perfectly done and his kingdom is in its fullness there, you can't really add to it, it's already there, then he's saying on earth, in this place, this part of your creation, the same as it is there. And that really, to me, draws out what he's getting at, that that fullness of what is going on right now in the heavenly spaces would be happening here in this earthly space. Yeah. What do you think? Like, how else would you draw that out? So I'm trying to think of my, I'm, my, my youth pastor brain is trying to think of a neat and tidy way of, so l- let me see what you think of this. But if, if the first part, if there's kind of this readjustment going on of who we are because of who God is, then I think the second part is who we are meant to be because of who God is. Like, so, so it goes from not just who we are to who we are meant to be or how we are meant to be um, because of this reality of us of us praying that God's kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. And I was I was uh, recently listening to somebody and I, I can't I can't think of who it was or, or what what it was, but they were talking about this idea of kingdom and in us interacting just with our the the world we live in and how you have these expectations. We oftentimes have these expectations of missionaries who go across seas and interact with the cultures that they 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 go in right they they are um, aliens living in a foreign land, doing what they can to bring the gospel to that foreign land. And there's certain expectations of how they do that. They they learn and understand the culture. They are in the world, but not of the world. They are you know all these things that Scripture says. And we we have these expectations for those who we send out across seas, but we oftentimes don't think of our own context in that same light. And so I just, I I think of it, like, I think of it that way of just trying to remind myself, like, um, like, so, so it's, it's not, again, not to say that the kingdom is something far away that someday will come, but it's also to say that like, we are kind of like exiles living in this land, uh, doing what we can to present the gospel, to be a light to God living as though we are living in God's kingdom. Right. Um, and, and just expecting that there's going to be uh, some tension of living in a broken world, in a broken society, in a broken culture, 
um, and, and doing what we can to just ask God, like, your, your kingdom come. Like, let, let me just, like, live in reality of who you are and how I am meant to be because of who you are and in, in, in how you um, how you interact and how, you know. So that I guess that's what stirs up in me yeah, when I, I mean, think of that. That's great. I mean, I, I think that's, that's really helpful. I mean, because it's true. We are citizens of the kingdom of God colonizing earth right right now right. which means the the customs the ways the uh like you you mentioned even like going to a different country in a way it's the language and the ways of of this other place that we are as we're scattered we talked about that a few weeks ago right like salt and light scattered spread out meant to embody the this kingdom and and we're literally walking around temples of god um where where that kingdom heaven and earth overlap and intersect in, in our actual bodies as we're temples. Um, it's a pretty profound thing, actually. And one of the things that Jay, I think, helpfully brought out is that we, as we pray that, we need to make sure and, and adjust ourselves again to what what does that mean that his kingdom, meaning not my kingdom, right? Because God gave each one of us a kingdom. Yep. Yep. Like I have say over a certain part of my world today where what I want done is done. And if in God's kingdom, what he wants done is always done, that means that I submit my kingdom to his. And all of yeah, our human yeah. problems are like always because our kingdoms are in conflict. That's, That's like man, where it all yeah, comes from. Yeah. So like in my kingdom, what I want done is done. And that's fine as long as that doesn't conflict with your kingdom. As soon as what I want done to be done doesn't correspond with what you want, we have conflict and we have jealousy we have arguments we have wars actually you know that's what happens and this is so radical that we would start saying you know what the point of our human existence is god's kingdom and it, that coming and breaking into this earth just as it is in heaven i man yeah i love that because i was thinking how how much we treat the, like our kingdom right like we treat it I love that you you readjusted me on that one because I was thinking of like kingdoms we live in, but also how do we treat our home? You know, us as as fathers, as husbands, how much do we treat our home as our kingdom? And so when things are not in the way that we would like them, we get frustrated and whatever. And like, how much of a need do we need to remind ourselves? Like, really, my my kingdom? Come on. Uh, so again, that readjustment of no, like your kingdom come. Allow me to like not pretend like I am (laughs) it's my kingdom and uh you know the thing the thing that is uh great about that is God God's ways are the best ways right ultimately Mm -hmm. like um we talked last week last week in youth group we talked about uh sin so we've been going through the new city catechism and the question was on sin and I I was I, I was using dissonance as an explanation for how it feels after we sin there is this disharmony between us and creation because we are not existing as God originally created us to. A lot like if you're on a guitar and you play a chord, it sounds great, but then you slide up just a little bit and you hit that again, it's going to sound really bad. And I actually had a guitar and I played that. It feels the same way. And so there's like this dissonance that is going on. The question is, okay, where am I, how am I expecting this to be my kingdom rather than living in the kingdom God created? And how much can I live a little bit more harmoniously with with what God has, uh, with with how God has called me to be, knowing fully well that we exist in a broken world, and so that is yep. just, it is, uh, it's always that dissonance is going to be there, but to recognize it, to repent of it, to confess it, 
uh, to to then pursue and pray your kingdom come and it changes yeah. life radically and the the to me the really hopeful thing the thing that should fill us with anticipation and joy is that that is what God is doing as he transforms us more and more into Jesus's image like we are headed towards a place and a way of being in which the thing that we always want is that kingdom all the time. Right. So right now we have these moments where it's very clear that like, man, my kingdom is out of line with, with Jesus' kingdom. Like I want something that he doesn't want. And I'm realizing that that's, that's not helpful for me or the world. And I suffer in the middle of it, but there will be a day as we are transformed more and more into his image where that won't happen where we will actually want what he wants. And he will actually be able to say, Christoph, do whatever you want. And whatever you want will be in line with his kingdom. To me, that that idea, that freedom, and that radical transformation gives me hope today to keep pressing forward. Because it, you're right, like we collide with our own selves, with our own kingdom, there's conflict. Right, and then right. that doesn't even get into it when we collide with other people's kingdoms, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this this is a part two, which means uh, we're, we're going to continue in the Lord's Prayer this Sunday, and you're going you're getting to preach it. Yeah. Do you I'm have excited. like Do you have like any sort of like a sneak sneak peek for us? Like what what is God doing through you as you're preparing for this? Well, Jay mentioned it on Sunday that this this prayer has had a massive impact on my life and my heart, um, and so I'm, I'm I haven't narrowed down a hundred percent of what we're going to cover yet. But I do, I do anticipate it um, getting at some of the, what does this look like to live this out in life? And, and what could it look like to be people who are constantly calibrated to this kingdom and to this prayer? So yeah, I, I'm really excited about it. I think the, I was talking to our kids this morning after we prayed the Lord's Prayer and asking them, what is it that for you, you've been praying this your whole life, what is it that you find most helpful? And it was just interesting. So maybe I can share some of what they said on Sunday too. Oh, I want to know now. All right, yeah. maybe you have to tell me when we <laughs> stop recording. Uh, we, we're going to keep this one a little bit on the shorter end, and we're going to pick back up again next week with, with the podcast in part two, and obviously on Sunday morning um, with the series as well. So um, as always, if you ever have like a, a question or topic you want us to tackle or you have any um, anything for us, we want to do what we can to – uh, minister and care to you. You can send us an email, connect at faithpeshtigo.com. Um, also, uh, you can send us a message on Facebook. But until next time, go in peace. Uh-huh.